Hey, just a reminder that friend of the show and sketch card artist Ben Abusada is giving Rebel Base Card listeners 20% off sketch cards in his Etsy store. If you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash KSGeekman and use the code RebelBaseCard, you'll get 20% off of sketch cards. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, let's do the show. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Although not technically a Halloween episode, this does fall on Thursday, 1031, so technically I could probably change the pot art to orange from blue and still kind of keep in that tops theme, but that's getting a little too meta even for me this early in the podcast. My guest with me tonight is Nicholas Baltra. He is a top sketch card artist that lives down in Brandon, Florida. So we've kind of had this Florida theme going for the last few episodes where we talked about Galaxy's Edge a couple of weeks ago, and then we had my interview with Cameron Tobias at Galaxy's Edge. Now we're going to take it down a little west on I-4 to Brandon, Florida, which is kind of in that Tampa Bay area. And I lived down there for a couple of years, uh, a little ways back. So I was kind of getting excited to talk to him about the, the Rays and some local sports there. But he's originally from around the New Jersey, Philadelphia area, and his, his big passion is Philadelphia sports team. So that kind of went out of the window right away. But he was a one, he was a wonderful guest to get a chance to talk to. Real busy guy, owns Brandon Signs down there. He is really, really packed. And so I was really, really fortunate to get a chance to talk with him. We'll get to that conversation here in a few minutes. I just wanted to get some housekeeping out of the way first. Big news this week, of course, was the Mandalorian trailer that dropped. Once again, we've got a lot of great podcasts out there that could go through frame by frame. And I really love it on some of these podcasts where they actually stopped on a particular second and kind of dissected this. Although, to be honest, that's what I kind of look for in a podcast to kind of break this stuff down because after you kind of watch the thing for a couple times and we talked about this last episode, you know, you're really trying to take for in context of what you just saw. And a lot of times it's the, the people on the Reddits and people on these podcasts will kind of break it down to certainly tell you stuff you missed, but also kind of give you a great context for it. Um, we've already had uh, the Star Wars report uh, give their take already on it. And I think a lot of other shows will be doing it this week. I should probably put my podcast list on the show notes for this episode, but once again, uh, make sure you're listening to the Cantina Cast, Star Wars Report, Full of Sith, The Rule of Two Podcast, Coffee with Kenobi. Uh, the list kind of goes on and on from there, but I should probably start putting links to those shows uh, in the show notes just to kind of give you an idea of some other great ones to listen to. Hey, we're all kind of doing the same thing, maybe just a slightly different take, but all really great Star Wars fans and really good content and are really well worth a listen. Uh, but the Mandalorian trailer, uh, it was really nice. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. As a big fan of Rogue One, I, I really like the fact that, you know, as you know, Star Wars is made for kids, but I really like the fact that this one seems to be at, you know, aimed slightly, maybe a, an older audience, and that's what I kind of liked about Rogue One. It was sort of like that, that movie for an older Star Wars fan, or what happens when a Star Wars fan grows up. Everybody has their different you know, genres, whether you're in the prequels or the classic movies or, or the sequel trilogy. 
But uh, we're getting into a really exciting era here when, in terms of Star Wars television, and I'm kind of really excited to see this. Um, I'll be getting Disney Plus on day one, much like a lot of other people, and I'm kind of hoping for that bundle as well, you know, where they kind of do the Hulu Plus, the ESPN Plus, and then Disney Plus, Plus Plus, right? Um, but it's one of those things where I'm looking forward to seeing it. The family's looking forward to seeing it. I love the fact that they're doing episodic ones. They're not releasing all it all at once. I love the fact they kind of give us a chance to kind of breathe, take it in, and uh, hopefully we'll get some great cards out of it as well. But anyway, so once again, check out the podcasts for all the great takes on it. I'm excited. You should be excited. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And, you know, hey, out there as well, by the way, Star Wars Resistance. I hope that doesn't kind of get lost in the shuffle. Great cartoon. They're doing some great things. I need to catch up on the latest episode, uh, number four. So excited to kind of get that in there. By the time you'll hear heard this, I will already have watched it. So exciting and, uh, and looking forward to great things from both TV episodes. Something else that kind of has slipped under the radar but was just recently announced is this Women of Star Wars series that has been announced by Tops for release in 2020. Uh, I first caught this on Cardboard Connections and then did kind of reach out to Tops and they did confirm it. Uh, they gave me a nice uh, publicity PDF for it. But I'm really kind of excited because if you kind of go back to my discussion with Mark Van Olen se several episodes back, he did kind of talk about them kind of being excited maybe of doing some maybe some themed um, set releases for 2020 as we get past this Skywalker saga and into the television series and kind of this great unknown. It, it's just something where I think if you're a company like Tops and you're kind of trying to figure out what to do and where to kind of go next, I think it's kind of a nice unknown and really a great chance to kind of put some other content out there. And I do like what I see in this. I like the fact that they're going for this. Um, and I, I think there's enough content here that's going to make a great set. If I just kind of go down this real fast, and I will talk about this in the Instagram feed going forward in Facebook, looks like a 100 base card set featuring all the saga, all female roster of characters. So we've got four different insert type sets. Uh, looks like the, the hobby boxes are going to have one autograph per box and two sketch cards per case guaranteed. So... If you're getting into the cases, that's great. It is one of those things where it's like, I would like to see more sketch cards, obviously. These are people I kind of like to talk to. Um, but anytime I see sketch cards in a set, I get excited. Um, it looks like some of the insert sets, we have iconic moments, uh, memorable moments from across the Star Wars galaxy, highlighting important meetings, sacrifices, betrayals, and more. This is directly from the PDF. Weapons of choice, a focus on weapons wielded by female characters, we have the legacy of Leia, highlighting Leia Organa and her story. Uh, there is a printing plate parallel only. And then powerful pairs, say that five times fast, focusing on female characters and their relationships. And it looks like we have parallels for all inserts except legacy of Leia, Leia include. We have greens that are numbered to 99, purples to 25, blacks to 5, reds 1 of 1, and a 1 of 1 printing plate. Um, I see a triple autograph card that had Carrie Fisher, Felicity Jones, and Daisy Ridley on it. Boy, wouldn't you like to pull that one from a pack. At any rate, we also have uh, standard sketch cards as well as panoramic sketch cards. Don't you always love seeing those? Those are really going to be cool. So anyway, more on this as it comes on. This is coming out in March of 2020. Real excited about that. I think it kind of flies under the radar, unfortunately, this week with The Mandalorian and The Rise to Skywalker, but I definitely wanted to bring this to y'all's attention. Uh, I'll be put, kind of putting up some of these promo images from the PDF 
on the on the Instagram page as well as the Facebook feed. Uh, throw some up on Twitter as well. And I'm really hoping this is going to be a set that a lot of people go after. Uh, really exciting. I think I've already started seeing some pre-orders on some of those sites like Dave and Adams and Blowout. So if you want to kind of check that out and kind of get your pre-orders in, I'd go ahead and do that as well. At any rate, finishing up that, I just wanted to get back to my conversation tonight with Nicholas Baltra. Once again, really busy guy. Really excited to talk with him. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. I think my first question has got to be this, and it definitely, it is something that's been out there for a while. It perhaps is a little controversial, but I think we really have to get it on the table right now. I got to know your feelings about Gritty, the mascot. Oh, (laughs) well, day one of him coming out, I was like, okay. He looks a little creepy because they they first thing they did was send that one photo out where his eyes are just there and staring into your soul. But <laughs> the second like the second after you get done looking at it and you see him moving and stuff, he, he's the greatest. Like I, I, I've always been a Philly Fanatic fan. And now I'm like gritty is like just as great as Philly Fanatic. And you could tell that they worked with that with the Fanatic to figure out gritty because he is just awesome. Well, and, and like I said, I was also a big fan of the uh, Philly Fanatic. And I, and I think when you are trying to create an identity for a mascot for a team, I think, you know, there is the initial, the initial sort of like, blah. But I think it would probably be fascinating if you really was able to dive down and, and get into the designer's head of how they put that together and why. Yeah, I, I, I know there was a uh, like a mini documentary thing online where they were talking about the idea of coming up with the mascot. And they, they were like, we, we tried dogs, we tried this. We tried, I'm like, God, that would have been weird if there was a dog. But <laughs> the second I, I saw them, and I was like, I was like, well, it's weird. But I'm like, that's perfect for the Flyers. Like, they're, they're the Broad Street bullies, and they got this weird-ass character that just does weird things constantly. It's perfect for them. Yes, and I, and I I think you hit it on there with, with especially with the Flyers and um, there back in the day there was that goalie that the Flyers had was it was it a was it Ron Hextall? Um, yeah, he, he was a fighter too. Yeah, and he had that uh, he had that routine where pretty much between plays he would what tap the posts tap his pads but it would be the exact same pattern. Yeah, yeah, there pl- a lot of players are very superstitious. And and the and this isn't the Flyers' first mascot either. They had another mascot. They had one like this second year of the team being in existence, and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. I don't think it lasted past that season. I don't even know if it lasted past the photos that they took of them. Well, maybe the maybe the players took them out back because of their reputation. It was just like made them just go away. Um, maybe it was really weird looking when I found out about them, and, and I was like. Okay, that's weird. But then when I saw Grady, I was like, "That they did right this time." How did you uh, now? As we, as the, as your, as the people who are listening probably can get, you are not in Philly. You are in Florida. No. So what is a, yeah. what is a Philadelphia fan doing in Florida? Um, I I actually grew up and lived in New Jersey. Um, we were like twenty to thirty minutes right outside of Philly. So. All of Philly sports were our team because we were closer to the Phillies and Philadelphia than we were to Jersey and the Giants and Devils and stuff like that. So we were 
we were huge into the into the sports scene there. And then um, my dad, he worked for Pico, the Philadelphia Electric, and he got early retirement. And I don't know why, but my parents decided Florida was where they want to go. <laughs> so I was 15 and didn't have a choice. So we moved. And uh, there's things about Florida I, I like. There's a, a lot that I don't. I miss um, I miss seasons. Mm. I, miss, I, I miss the sport teams. Um, but the, the weather here just drives me insane. But it, I just never want to leave because my family's here and stuff like that. And I could watch sports on TV, so it wasn't like I was missing stuff. Plus, I go back all the time to, to catch games and stuff like that. So I, I think so. unless you've lived down there, and I, I did live a stretch in St. Pete, I think Central Florida – Florida is interesting in general because almost nobody's from there originally. Everybody yeah. comes from somewhere else. And Central Florida has that sort of like it's, you know, it's it's not too big city, um, but it has such an eclectic mix of the, the snowbirds, the folks from Canada, you know, you have the folks and you, and you have, you know, you'll have the the college level fans. You'll have the, the Buccaneer fans, which are everywhere. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that's it's, I think the city did embrace the lightning. Um, maybe not so much the rays there. Like I said, they're my personal, they're my personal favorite, but living down there, I live 15 minutes away from Tropicana field. So when my son yeah. was born, we used to go down there and when you're 15 minutes away from a park that really at, at one point wasn't charging parking, um, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I, by the time people hear this, I don't know how far they will have made it in the playoffs, but yeah, you know, it's, it's something where. You know, yeah, sports in Florida and, you know, with the Dome Stadium and, and how the weather is, it's its its own animal. But it can be completely different from, you know, the older, like the Philadelphias and the New Yorks, you know, and the, and the Pittsburghs and the Chicagos where you have these teams that are embedded within the city and you have this culture that goes up around them and you've had them for decades. And so it's, you know, it and, you know, it's it, cold weather teams as well. So it's... It's an interesting animal that it's an interesting thing you probably find yourself in. But if you can give um, the folks kind of a, an idea of when, um, when you get down there, where about in Star Wars lore or history is this? Uh, I was 15. It was probably about the, the, the um, episode, was it one was going to start probably in the prequels. Mm -hmm. So I think those got pretty big and were everywhere. Um, I was already a fan from the three originals, though. Um, they're, they're still, to me, the best ones. I can't, I, I have a hard time watching the prequels. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the three original ones. And then the new ones, I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging them. Um, but I, I still can't, just can't get past um, the originals because. I, I always was a Luke fan. I always thought it was cool seeing him. And uh, I, I kind of wish they brought him into the, the new ones more. Um, that's where that's where I, I was been with that. What was the first one you saw in the theater? So I, had, I, I tried thinking about that before, and I can't remember. It had to, it had to be the, the second one, I would think. But for some reason, I think it might have been the third. Because I really remember the Ewoks a lot for some reason. <laughs> But I have a hard time remembering movies that I seen when I was a kid. Um, like I clearly remember seeing Batman back in the day, um, 
I just can't remember which Star Wars I saw first, but I do remember the Ewoks being um, something that I always saw a lot of. And I don't know if it was because the, that movie and then the cartoon was out and and uh, yeah, they the were Ewok the movies. Most, yeah, like like that. I forget what it was. There was like there, there was also like Disney had that um, live action Ewok movie. So mm-hmm. like they were everywhere at the time. So I, it, it must it had to be the third one that I saw first in the theater. But I had all the toys, so I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I tried thinking about it. I can't remember which one I saw first. Well, and then, yeah, you kind of go to where you have this lingering after effect of Return of the Jedi with the, the Ewok films and the droids cartoon. And there was, you know, there's still the toys out there. Then it kind of falls silent for a long time. And I think that's, you know, you kind of get into, you know, Batman kind of kicks off. And if you remember seeing Batman in the theater, I mean, that was a huge summer event that kind of kicked off sort of a new wave and you had cards and you had you know uh, prince's album and all that it was really quite the cult, the pop culture phenomenon and yeah. i'm sure that kind of just sort of dominated the uh the the airspace for a while were you drawing at, at all this time or is that something you picked up at a, at a later date um i i always i always was artsy as a kid and i would always draw anything that i could think of um but when I was growing up, I was I was into I was into cartoons and, and movies and stuff. But I was really into sports a lot, so I would um, I would draw sport um, athletes. And I when I was I forget what age I was. It might have been thirteen or twelve. I I drew something. I sent it into Sports Illustrated for kids, and they put it in the magazine. So I was okay. drawing sports really early. Um, we used to we used to have fun sending um, fan letters to different athletes. <laughs> and um, usually I would, when I first started, I would just write an, a small letter and send them one of my cards and ask them if they could sign it and send it back. Um, but as it got further into doing it, I started drawing the athlete themselves on the front of the envelopes. So I got a, I started sending them to the players, and I had a couple players write back and say, like, that they didn't even know what was inside my envelope because – they didn't want to ruin the artwork. <laughs> so I remember doing that a lot. Sports were, was always something I was sketching. And just over time, it just start drifting here and there into other realms. Did you collect cards as well? Yeah, I was, we were huge into sports cards growing up. Um, like so, so huge into it that my dad found some guy's wallet before. And called the guy. And he's like, "Hey, I found your wallet." The guy's like, "Sure, I'll come. I'll come get it." He shows up and he sees us all playing outside. And he comes over and he goes, "He goes, I want to give you a reward." He goes, "Do, do your kids like sports?" And we're all like, "Yeah, we love sports." <laughs> he pops his trunk open and just has a huge amount of sports cards. Oh wow! And he just started handing them out to us, and we were like in heaven because <laughs> we're like, "Like this is the weirdest thing ever." This guy just handed us a bunch of cards, but. It, it dominated my life growing up. It was that, and I was playing little league, so I was always into sports. And then we were, like I said, we were so close to Philly that we were into the Phillies and and watching all that. So, it, sports was what I did the most of growing up, at least. So, did you end up pursuing art in college, or did you do something else? Um, I I continued drawing stuff and just sending it to magazines and stuff like that, and seeing them pop up in a couple of them as like fan art. And I always thought that was cool. So when I was in college, um, I took all the art classes or I took, I mean, in high school, I took all the art classes. And then 
Um, I tried looking for a college, but I didn't really want to go to um, a college per se, like like USF or something like that. I wanted to go to an art school. And somebody contacted me from this school called Tampa Tech, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and they said they had all these different classes where you start at the beginning level doing um, colors and markers and so on. Then you work your way all the way up to what was supposed to be CGI kind of stuff by the end of it. Um, so I, I took those classes and it was it was a couple years there, but it was a really bad school. It they didn't they didn't teach you anything. They gave you the books and the teachers didn't show up or didn't know what they were doing. I ended up just reading the books and figuring stuff out myself and just and I was not to toot my own horn, but I was a little bit better at some of the stuff that they were already trying to teach us. So I ended up handing in two projects at a time instead of one because I got done one so early. Because the teachers just didn't care, so I, I I just didn't really want to be there. And at that point, I wanted to do anything, and I I kind of wanted to do um, advertising. I always thought that would be a cool thing to get into, but it's kind of hard to find that out here in, in Florida. Like that, I always felt like that's a New York, L.A. Right. kind of thing. So I just didn't have that luck, but I. My last like class, I got a job offer from this guy that said he was gonna he was gonna teach me how to do editing on videos, and he wanted me to fly to some camp where they were filming a movie and teach them how to use this edit and stuff so that they could film the behind the scenes stuff. So I left school early and went work there, but that didn't really pan out either. So it kind so of I a. Just, kind of yeah, a tough was, uh, tough and rough start yeah it, it just it was the guy pretty much gave me this great speech and i was into movies a lot at that time and i was like oh i could go he's gonna fly me somewhere to teach people editing for this movie this would be so cool and then i get there and i quit school early even though i wasn't into the class anyway they like i said they weren't teaching me anything so i didn't mind leaving early um, I took this job and I get there and the guy's like, um, I'm, I'm going to fly up a week before you start just to make sure everything's balls rolling and everything. He came back and he's like, he's like, they don't know what they're doing. I can't send you out there. I'm like, oh, that's why I left college. <laughs> so I, I came here. But so it was just one of those things. I was like, OK, it is what it is, I guess. Where did you end up landing then? Um, that job was horrible. I, they because I didn't do the editing thing, they just didn't know what to do with me. So they had, and they were still trying to build up their business. So I ended up leaving there and I had a hard time finding a job for a couple of months. And I decided to just open the phone book and just send out every person that had anything to do with art, a resume. And I got one phone call from a sign company out in Tampa. And um, I went in, I started working for them and I ended up staying there for about, 14 years I think oh wow so just I, I did that for my day job and then I would just do jawlins and art for fun and send them into wizard magazine and stuff like that just for my own enjoyment I didn't really try to sell it or anything like that so when did it really start clicking or when did when you kind of cross the line where it's like hey I could I could you know, was it somebody who bought your art or where did you start going to where like, hey, I could actually make some money doing this? Well, I, I 
I haven't made too much money. Not going to lie. Um, a, a lot of the stuff that I do is is mostly just because I have an idea in my head, or I just want to draw, or I'm doing it while I'm doing something else, like watching a hockey game. Um, so I'm just, I'm just, it's just, just keeping myself busy. And um, I, I became a huge, I'm a huge fan of comic books too. And they came out with those sketch covers uh, last couple of years where the cover's blank, but right. it has the title of the book. And I saw those. I was like, oh, I could draw my, I could draw on the cover of comic book. Like, this would be cool. So I started buying those like crazy and just started drawing on them and uh, posting them on Instagram and stuff like that. I began like the likes and then people following and a couple of people asked for commissions. I'm like, oh, well, I could <laughs> sell these. And then um, I popped some on eBay just to try to see if, anyone wants a bite and i sold a couple of them for like a hundred something dollars i'm like that that wasn't what i thought i just did this for fun just to put an idea out there so i just started doing that and and now i i have i have way too many because they just i just haven't sold them but i haven't i haven't really done any like conventions or anything like that and, and actually sat down at a table and tried selling them it's mostly just been ebay instagram and word of mouth um, I, I gave some to a couple of comic books, local comic book stores to put on their shelf to see if they could sell them. And a couple of those actually sold. Um, I always I always get a kick up posting them on Instagram and seeing um, the subject matter. Like if it's an if it's an actor, them reposting it on their Instagram. And I always think that's really cool to see that they liked it enough that they're going to post it on theirs and then show it off to all their fans. It's, it's cool when that happens. Um I and I think there's such a difference in, you know, when you're, you know, back when you're doing a, a, like a, a piece of art on, a, on an envelope and you're sending it into a player as opposed to when you're, at, when you're utilizing social media and you're actually posting stuff out there and then you're getting this reaction from it. Not necessarily maybe, you know, like not only from the, the people who are following you or people who discover you, but the people you're, you're doing the artwork of. That has to be yeah. kind of an interesting dimension to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, and it, I, that's one of the things I, I I know like Instagram wants to like get rid of the heart, the likes and stuff, but like I like that they're there because I like that it shows shows me that people saw it, shows me that people liked it, and then when I get the comments and stuff, it makes me feel good about it because it's better than just hearing my mom say, "Oh, that's nice," and then that's about it. It's really cool that I could post this stuff, and then not only people are saying, oh, that, that's that's really good drawing, that the, the subject, like whoever I drew, posts it on their own page. I'm like, that's cool, or they like it. I'm like, oh, you would never think some of these people are even, that their Instagram is real, let alone that they're liking your artwork, and exactly. it's just cool to see. Whereas by its nature, you're, you know, you're drawing by yourself, but in some cases when you're putting it out there, you do have, you, you, there is your audience. And, uh, and in some cases, it can be an immediate response. In some cases, someone will stumble across what you did and go, hey, you know, it's, it's very interesting, the, the beast that it is. Is that, yeah. the only, is that the only social network that you utilize or that you put stuff out there? Um, I have a Facebook, but I, I rarely use it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not into Facebook as much as I was a long time ago. Um, so every once in a while, if I draw something, I'll just post it on my, on my Facebook. Um, I have a website that I created that I post everything on there, but, um, the, besides just having the link in my bio on my page, there's nothing to tell people it's out there. Usually, um, if I 
if I sell a comic book to somebody or even on eBay, I, I created my own um, certificate of authenticity with my name and the issue number and stuff like that, which has the website on it that people could find it that way. But um, besides that, I don't, I don't really have anything else out there with the stuff on it. Instagram is what I like to use the most of. I like that you can just post a picture and, and just it's be done there. with it. You don't even have to you exactly. don't even have to write anything if you don't want. Exactly. So how did you how did you kind of dip into doing uh, work? Now I'm assuming it's Tops, but there are other brands as well. Yeah, um, I I don't remember how I first saw sketch cards. I know I know I I bought in cards in the past that. Um, had sketch cards as something you could get um and i saw them like oh that's cool that you could get i think it was marvel marvel had like the the one that was like really cool where they had like the original artist like john ramir uh senior and stuff like that drawing the cards i'm like you could get one of his drawings in a pack that's awesome um so i that's how i slowly found out about them and then um i I tried looking online for how to contact these different companies and send stuff out there, but I couldn't really find anybody where it's just like, here's an email, tell us what you need, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I ended up going on Facebook or Instagram, I think it was, and I just found other people that were doing sketch cards. So I just asked a couple of them, I just DM them and said, hey, would you happen to like pass me an email for someone that is could get me a, one of these jobs because i would love to just even if i got paid nothing i just like the idea that i could draw some of these characters and that someone could randomly pull one of my cards out of the pack i'm like that's cool even if they weren't into it at the artwork just the right. idea that because i even now I go, I go on ebay sometimes just to type my name and to see if any cards are popping up like if people are getting some in packs and sometimes you click on click on it and you're like oh that card's in china or that card's in australia <laughs> like that's that's not what I thought would happen. So I, that's how I first got into it, and I just started sending out emails. And I think the first the first ones I got were um, it was Upper Deck. They they it was it was not a great set though. It was it was one of those like Magic the Magic the Gathering kind of like cards, but it was a Marvel one. So you, you couldn't draw anywhere near any of the text because they're 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 like people are going to want to play games with these. I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone that uses the actual sketch cards to play the games because I seem like that would be something if I got that in a pack, I wouldn't want to throw that down on a deck of cards. But So I I, I had a hard time trying to draw on those because I wasn't sure what I can draw yet because they have all these regulations of what you can, can't, can't want, they want you to do what they don't want you to do. So I'm like, and I can't hit the letter. So I wasn't positive what I was doing there. So they're not that good looking. I'll be honest. And then um, they sent me, they sent me um, Ant-Man cards and Avenger cards, and I don't know why. They they, they said they can't give me an, a reason, but I drew all of them, sent them back to them, and they said that none of them were approved. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, okay. And they they said there was no reason why. So I don't know what happened with that. Even though they sent me. They sent me back the artist proof card, so I have like two of each set, but I don't know what happened with the, all the other ones. Um, then after that, they sent me clerk clerks, and that's that's kind of what I am into a little bit more because all the all the Marvel cards that they draw, you draw at least the ones that I had to draw, you can't use any realistic stuff. 
You can't draw any of the characters from the movies. Um, you can't draw any of the actors and stuff like that. So you have to draw comic book stuff. And when it came, when it comes to like movies, like Star Wars and and different things, I like drawing the realistic photos or or the scenes from the movie with the actual real characters. So Clerks was the first one I got to do that. So I think it was only like ten cards though, but it was cool to to draw them. And, uh, and then I think I from there I just I just looked around and and I found an email some somehow for Tops and I sent them. I sent them my cards, and I also sent them to—I forget the other name of the company—but I did Ghostbusters. And I said, I just—I just randomly emailed all these companies and just said, "Here are some cards I've done. Sent them a couple of the clerk ones, a couple of the comic book covers that I did." And they all wrote back saying, uh, "Yeah, next time we have a set, we'll let you know." So I did the Ghostbusters ones, and they never—they haven't contacted me again. That company—I forget what they're called, Crypto something. Oh, Cryptozoic. Yeah, they did the Ghostbusters ones. And I, I emailed them again and said, like, hey, um, I haven't heard from you guys ever. Like, if you guys are interested, I'll still draw some more if you let me. And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in mind. That never happened. <laughs> so, but Tops, they keep sending me stuff. So I keep, I've been doing a lot with them. Even though recently they've been, um, I don't know, because, because I have a day job, um, they let you pick. Like, you could do 100 cards if you want. But I can't do 100 cards in like two months or three months because I don't have the time. Um, so I usually do a, a, a lesser amount. And I don't know if, if that is a problem for them at the moment because they sent me a set and then I don't hear from them again for a long while. So I don't know if they don't like the idea of doing less or why, or if they're getting too many other artists that they'd rather use. Just one of those things, I guess, that happens. But I've I done at least... At least 12, I think, for them, which was Star Wars and Walking Dead and Stranger Things. What was your first Star Wars set? Um, I kind of remember it, but the, I think it was The Last Jedi. Um, but I think it was like the second series, not even like the first series. Or it was it was it was the journey. It was the journey to the, the Last Jedi. So it was like the right the preset kind of thing. Yeah. So that was the first one I think I did for them. And I wanted to ask you, um, as as I'm kind of been scrolling through, and it's something I noticed sometimes other sketch artists will do, is that there seems to be um, like a color, a background color, or a trim that either is a theme or something that kind of strikes your fancy. Can you talk about, like, you know, just in recently some of these ones that have sort of a blue, you know, outline or, or, or glow to them. Um, what kind of goes into your thinking when you're when you're thinking about uh, choosing like a theme or a pattern or something you're going to go across some of your sketch cards? Um, well, when I'm when I'm doing some of my um, sketch covers for comic books, I, I try different ideas. And and so when it comes time to draw on the cards, it depends on on the card that you get. Because some of them have like different borders on it, like the Walking Walking Dead ones, they are completely. Um, so there's like a border, looks like it's a photo kind of thing, like someone um, attached it to the thing. So you you can't really do anything different on those. Um, some of the Star Wars ones have like just a little border at the bottom or just the name Star Wars on it. So it gives you a little bit more leeway to do other ideas to it. Um, so like a couple of them. The first ones I did, I think I just drew on them. I didn't do anything different to them. I just drew on them, colored the background, 
one color or something like that. Um, but then the, uh, they, there was a set that was um, like black and white and you had to draw black and white. So it was just that I, I started doing just putting dark down and light down and just blending it in. And then um, I just keep messing with the different things like that. Like, uh, and some of them I do while I'm drawing it. Cause I don't, I don't pre think about how I'm going to color the backgrounds or what kind of scheme I'm going to do. I kind of just test the waters like on a couple of them, I took like a piece of tape and I, I rounded it off and just covered the Star Wars logo. And then I just colored everything. And then I pulled the tape off and I left this cool little like circle around everything. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. So I'll just do that for these other ones. But there's were a couple that just didn't look that well because so, I drew so much on it anyway that I just like, well, I'll just color over that too. So <laughs> it, it, just, it just depends on what, what the border is that they already have on it and then what I'm drawing. Do you find it uh, difficult or easy to kind of work on that size of medium? You're talking about a two and a half by and a three, three and a half. Um, when I first started, I did have difficulty. Like, like I was saying that that one Marvel set, I, it was already it was smaller than a normal set because it had all the the text on it. So at first, I was a little iffy about it. Um, but most of the ones I do, are, I, I don't do a lot of like full body images and stuff like that. So I'm just really drawing like faces and, and close-ups. So I don't find it that difficult to do that. Um, I kind of, I kind it kind of helps me in a way, cause it, especially my, my earlier sets that I was doing, cause I was very sketchy with the, um, the way I draw. It was, I put a lot of detail in with the pen and go over and over and over again to get the shadow instead of just doing that with a marker. So, the first couple ones I did, it was it was kind of helpful because I didn't have to do it as much as if it was a bigger piece. But as I got farther and further into it um, and using the markers, it got a lot easier. But the the size doesn't doesn't um, affect me any. I kind of I kind of like base the size down before I even start just to make sure I know what I'm going to be doing ahead of time, so that I don't proportionately make make one of their eyes go off the page or so or off the card <laughs> in this case well, and i'm sure it's even tougher when they give you a card that's in a shape like say a porg where now you even have less things less space to work around yeah yeah the the porg ones were, were kind of weird because it also doesn't help that they I, some people do it and i saw it and they're they're kind of cool but i don't want to do where you uh like the dark vader head and you literally draw dark vader's head like it's cool and I like the way they look, but I don't want to do that. So I try to just draw on the card as if it was just another card, not worry about the shape. Um, but some of them, they don't really, they look kind of weird if you purport, put the image on it weird. Um, so I kind of, on those, I kind of end up drawing like half of the, half of R2D2, not a full like side view of them, kind of just like his front area, face area, I guess you could call it. So it, it, the only difficulty I really have with those cards is that it's hard to keep them down without moving while you're trying to draw on it because my hands are slightly big to begin with and trying to hold down a tiny card with the pen and draw on it without the cards giving around on you. Sometimes I have that problem because I would <laughs> tape it down, but I don't want to ruin the cards with too much tape and stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I was seeing what you're saying. I was looking at this one for Yoda, where it's almost like it's Yoda's ears, kind of probably made it a little tough to do 
you know, a straight up portrait up and down. So you kind of turn it at a bit of an angle. So that way you actually yeah. get a nice bit of the torso and the head. And uh, it kind of looks like you intended to do it that way all along. Yeah. Some, some of them, I, I, I try to get the base into the center or the most of the card and then just let ears fall off of the page and stuff like that. I really like the uh, John Ratzenberger one, the major Bren Derlin. Uh, yeah, I, I had to draw him. <laughs> that was uh, one, of, one of the best going back, and you go, really? He was in that, and then you go, then you have to go start digging for him. And then you, and then you really sort of root every time that he gets a card, uh, whether it's yeah. digitally or, or physically, because it's kind of funny, especially with a character. Is there a character you like drawing more than others? I I like... I don't really have a character I like drawing more than others. I, I do like drawing the aliens a lot because I like, they have so many like crevices and lines in their necks and stuff like that, that it, it makes it fun to draw them because you can add a lot more detail than I, than you can just the human faces. But I tend to like drawing Yoda a lot because he seems to come out pretty well when I draw them. So I like drawing him a lot. I like drawing, um, uh, Jabba the Hutt. He's, he's fun to draw. But it, mostly aliens is just what I like to draw the most of. They, I, they always they always come out pretty cool with the way when I can draw them the way I do. Yeah, and even looking uh, in a non-Star Wars sense, the uh, there was a couple of Batman ones where you really see a lot of the uh, a, a lot of wrinkles in the face and a, a lot of expression there. Uh, so good. Um, yeah, I, I I think I over detail stuff sometimes. It's just my own pet peeve. Like I get I get going on. I'm like, oh, I could use one more line there, and then I'm like, I think I put too many lines now. <laughs> it, 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 when you're doing it, when you're doing it on the comic book, it's not that bad. But when you're trying to keep it downsized on the cards, I get carried away sometimes, especially in my earlier ones. Have you had? Um, have you have you seen it when people pull your particular sketch card from a set? Um, I actually, I, I tried looking on YouTube before and I contemplated like watching them just to see, because I want to see someone pull them, but they don't, they don't always tell you if that's in the video and I don't want to sit there for 15 minutes to see if they're going to pull my card. <laughs> but I did, when I did find out that people were doing that on YouTube to begin with, I, I just typed in star Wars set and. Um, one of the thumbnails actually had one of my cards in it, so I'm like, oh, well, this one they definitely pulled from. So I, I watched that one, and I, I thought that was cool. And I had a, I had a couple people on Instagram. One posted one saying, "I got one of your cards in the in, in the in the pack yesterday." That, that was pretty cool. I, I like the idea that people are actually getting them. In this latest, um, let's see. I don't know if you what was what's the latest set that you have it in. I I know it's you're posting Chrome Legacy. <laughs> That's the latest uh, I have. That's the latest? Yeah. And in that particular of interest, like I said, you had there was a you were talking about the Jabba's really great. Um, the the Yoda. Um, also have to, to give it up for the mall sketch in there as well. And uh, that, that kinda goes back to where in in thinking about how the blue really fits. You know, with Maul you sort of figure it's gonna it's gonna be a red, but here you have sort of a black and white with this blue and I think it really makes it pop. Um, yeah, because I don't I don't do a lot of color in, in mine. I do mostly grayscales. I I just like the way it looks personally. I mean, colors are cool, but I, I see that in the photos. So I like doing the grayscales, and I think the blue really makes the the gray come out 
more. So that's why I was doing that. The red, red, I found it, it kind of, it kind of gets darker on the cards. So if you try to like draw all this stuff with a black pen, then you go back in with the red and try to draw around it. It just, you lose all the artwork. It just becomes a big blur mark pretty much. So I, the blue, I think really brings the card forward if you're going to add color at all. Right. And speaking of, of using some of your tools, uh, can you talk a little bit about your, your desk and setup and, and where you do your artwork at? <laughs> I, I don't really have a desk. It's usually, it's usually if I'm, uh, if I'm sitting at home and everyone's around and they're in the way, um, I just sit at the kitchen table. Um, and I just have a, I have a little toolbox that has all my pens and, and markers in it that I just carry around with me. Um, if I'm trying to watch a hockey game or television while I'm drawing, I, I have this little piece of wood that I just put on my lap and I just sit there while I'm drawing. I don't really have a bench or anything <laughs> like that to draw on. Um, uh, I have a, I have a folding table that I sometimes will like take outside or something like that, or, or just put at the end of the bed while I'm watching a big screen TV and just draw on that. Um, probably, probably doing damage to my back, but. <laughs> and, and I'm sure your workflow has had to kind of change and evolve since, you know, depending upon, you know, you, you're kind of doing various sets, but you are seemingly doing steady work. What are some of the tricks or what are some of the things that you found to kind of help you get through some of these sets? Uh, well, I know I know now that the way I was drawn in the beginning with adding a lot of detail with the pen and a lot of shading with just the pen uh, was making cards take forever. Um, so uh, a lot of times now I, I try to not put so much into that and kind of go back over with the markers to kind of bring those details back um but i still end up find, finding myself doing it sometimes on different ones um they i i try timing myself mostly because i i try watching i try i watch television shows a lot while i'm drawing um it's kind of like background noise so i find that every time i get done at least one card i probably watch the whole show which is usually like about an hour so i found that it takes me at least an hour to finish one full card so I, I count I count my cards ahead of time, how many I have. Um, I try to figure out what, what characters I want to draw, and I make a list of, like, say, if I have 50 cards, I want to do these 50 characters. And I just try to get done two to three every night before I, I uh, call, it, call it a night. And it just depends on what else is going on during the day. I, I, I don't sleep that much when I draw. I usually end up staying up to, like, two and three in the morning, which isn't a big deal um for me i i could go without sleep so it's usually one of those things i wake up at seven i work until five and six i go home i eat and i relax for a little bit and then i just stay up and draw so it just depends on what character i'm drawing how long it's going to take to get done especially the aliens they if you put too much detail in the stuff you are just going to be sitting there for a while right right and, you know, it's it's probably got to be tough to find that balance between, you know, personal life and, and, and doing all this to try to keep it all somewhat in check. Yeah, I want to I want to be able to draw as many of these as possible. I, I just enjoy doing it. And I just like the idea of them having to give they give you a subject and you have to do it. Um, but I they just, I just don't 
do as many cards as I would like. So when the sets come to me and I, I say, yeah, I want to do that, I, uh, I only end up doing like 40 or 50 where I want to be doing more, way more than that. It's just there's just not enough time in the day. Are you able to, I know that, you know, over the last several years as, you know, as, as the, the comic pop culture has sort of expanded, you know, now you're seeing more cons and more events. Um, has it, how has it kind of come to your neck of the woods or are there cons that have developed and sprung up or long running shows? What's the scene like? Um, as far as comic book cons, which have a lot of card artists, card artists at the things, because I met a couple of the Star Wars guys at some of them. Um, Megacon in Orlando is huge every year. Like that's at the, the Orlando um, Convention Center, and it's just ginormous. It's it's big. And then um, the one in Tampa, um, they they're they're big like i remember going to it when it was five dollars inside of a hotel and they just got then the next year like oh we got too big we're gonna be at the convention center now it's like way too big but they i don't really think they do a lot for artists like i don't really see where where the orlando one has i'm gonna just pull a number out and be like 200 guests artists celebrities and so on the tampa one has 10 so <laughs> it doesn't pull as much people that you want to go talk to or meet or, or so it's more of just the idea of going to a convention and buying stuff and seeing costumes. Um, it's not so much for art art wise, but they're, they have that one every year here too. And then, um, there's a couple like tiny ones that they have every once in a while that I'll go. Most, most of them are always out in Orlando, which is like an hour, hour and a half drive from here. Right. Have you had an opportunity or had a chance or a desire to show your wares at a con? I want. I would love to. Um, the Megacon, I end up becoming more of a fan every time. I want to go meet all the comic book artists and get their autographs and, and just walk around. So I don't want to sell my stuff because I don't want to have to sit there at the table all day. <laughs> Plus, the Megacon one, it, I, I probably would be able to sell stuff and, and make 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 some new fans and, and become friends with people. But um, every time I go, I, the big celebrities and the big comic book artists that are there, like J. Scott Campbell has his giant table that is wrapped around going down all the way to the end. And then you walk down this other aisle where they don't, where have just the, the everyday schmo that's trying to sell his comic book. And there's just, he's just sitting there by himself and no one's even going near him. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I'd rather just, I'd rather just walk around and have fun. I thought about doing it at the Tampa one only because like I was saying, there's only 10 people there and, and I don't want to meet any of them as celebrity wise. Like I don't want to get any of their autographs personally. So I'm like, maybe I'll go and do that. But at the moment, like I was saying, I, I, I took over this sign company and, and running now and my weekends have, have not become um, rest time. They've become work time. So it, it's slightly hard to, do that if I wanted to. I done it. I I I'm directly across the street from a comic book store, and I I did go over there one time and for free comic book day, sit there and, and uh, draw for everybody. Um, that was kind of fun, but um, I didn't try selling anything at the time. Kind of wish I did, but I <laughs> I was more I was more just like doing really quick free sketches, and I had to keep telling people ahead of time like. This isn't what I do. Like I do more like long, hour-long sketches 
on cards. This is going to be like a quick five minute thing, so don't expect the Mona Lisa here. <laughs> well, then I think you know, given kind of the situation where, yeah, it's it's one thing if you have a con in your backyard. It's another thing if you had to kind of schlep all that, you know, an hour, hour and a half down to Orlando set up and then, you know, maybe you'll sell something, but maybe you'll be just be that guy that's sitting there watching everybody go past him to another table that has a big yeah, artist. Yeah, and, and just the parking for that place, the yep. walk to the door to get in there is ridiculous. I could only imagine having to get there even earlier to find parking and set up a table and then sit there for I don't even know how long it is, like six or seven, eight hours, whatever the day is, and just sit there and I don't know. I, also, like if you're sitting there all day, you could go to a convention and after two hours, you'd be like, oh, I'm done. I'm going home. This was fun. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're there with a table and you're not prepared with food and stuff like that, you're going to have to spend like the thirty dollars for their pizza that they sell. It to. <laughs> so it's one of those things like I don't I don't I don't want to be that guy. I would li- love to. I would love to. Because it would get me out there more, and it get more people to buy some of my other sketch cards and stuff like that. But I, I just at the moment, I just don't want to. Maybe a, if there's a local one that's like in Tampa or maybe here in Brandon, even I would probably do it if I have free time. Like I don't have to work that day or something like that. But not at the moment. I don't want to. And I guess that really got, that really kind of brings us back down back around to just how important the the social networks are. In that you have that, you, you get that sense of community, that sense of you're out there, but also in a very efficient manner, you know, to where if your time is pretty tight, then this allows you to get yourself out there at your own pace and, you know, you kind of have a lot more control over it. Yeah, because if, if I want to try to sell a card or a comic book, I could post it on there and be, be like, like, now I actually want to get rid of this. And I post it on there and, and see if anyone wants to bite. Because there's been a couple of things I posted and I'm like, oh, it only got like four likes. Like, I'm surprised that it, it didn't get more or, or someone didn't comment or something. But then I post something and I'm like, I'm like, this is just one of those books that I just drew one night while I was watching television. I posted it and then I wake up in the morning. I'm like, OK, I, I just got like 300 likes on this. That's <laughs> not what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to get like 20 and just maybe someone be like, oh, are you selling that or something like that? But so it just depends. But I, I, I've found that a lot of people find um, comic book artists and sketch card artists through Instagram that they could commission them to do stuff, which which I think is, is awesome because it's it's not only that you're posting stuff so that people can see your stuff. But you're posting stuff that people can see and say, oh, I could go and get that by him now, which is kind of right. cool. Well, and you're plus, sell- yeah, and, and, and plus, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, anything is content, really. Yeah, I, I, I posted a picture today of just randomness just because I was working. I was watching the hockey game because it was at two today. I just posted a picture of that saying, working, watching hockey. You can post anything. And, and I also found and they post something that has nothing to do with art and it will get someone to go look at it because I put the tag tag hashtags in there. And all of a sudden um, that same person liked like 20 of my art <laughs> art things. So they went backwards and looked at all the other stuff that's in there. And I'm like, Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. It is something to where, you know, you, you can, you kind of dial in and out how much of yourself you kind of release out there. And it, it is a kind of interesting 
you know, kind of to kind of gauge that and, and people kind of get a sense, not only your work, but the person behind it a little bit. Um, now I know you said you had, you know, a, a couple different sites out, out there. The one thing I did have, uh, one of my, one of my last questions about this Instagram account is the name of the account has been, uh, you know, it caught my attention. I think it's probably one of the first things that caught my attention, but what is the, uh, what is the thing behind the, the, the Instagram name? The Nigel Weatherbottom. Yes. Uh, I was, I was uh, one night. Me and my roommate had some people over, and we were just drinking and um, laughing. And and uh, I told some, I told one of them, I said, I said we should go out to uh, to the bar tonight, and I'm just going to pretend I'm British. And <laughs> and they're like, that'd be funny. I'm like, I'm just going to start talking with a British accent and see if anyone thinks I ain't or is British. And I said, I'll just call myself Nigel Weatherbottom. And everyone started laughing because, like, Nigel's a very British name. And I'm like, it'd be just, for some reason, Nigel Weatherbottom popped in my head. So when I created Instagram, I didn't want to put my name on there. I just thought it'd be jokey and put Nigel Weatherbottom. And it just stuck. It, <laughs> I, I use it for a, a lot of stuff. Like, if I need to come up with something um, for, like, another social network, I'm like, I'll just use this name instead of my, my name and stuff like that and it's it just it's just been a, like a long running joke so i just use it for everything uh, that's funny but it also is it, you know it, it like i said it's kind of catchy and so it's one of those things where it kind of it, it kind of makes someone kind of take pause um what do you have coming up if you can say that uh, we could look forward to and seeing down the road i know there's some things um, you can and can't say but you got some projects out there coming up at the moment, I don't have any sets coming out. That Star Wars one is the last one I did, and that's why I keep posting. I don't want to post them all at one time, just because I, right. I don't see the point. Um, plus, like like we we're we've been saying, you post something and it makes someone come look at your page to see your back catalog. So I'd rather just post one every once in a while until um, I have posted all the ones that I I remember taking pictures of. So at the moment, I don't have anything else coming out. Um, besides just doing sketch covers when I got a chance. The only, only thing I've been doing at the moment, I've been doing it the last four four years. I'm on the fifth year now. Um, every October, I try to do a really like quick 10-minute, 15, 20-minute sketch of something that's Halloween horror-related. And I just do it on like a, on, on a note card. I want to I get my own sketch cards made and try just drawing on those and selling those. Um, I just haven't done it yet because I keep tweaking with the design and I just haven't narrowed it down. So, so right now I'm just drawing on index cards. So I've been doing that. I think we're on today would be day four. So I got to draw something tonight and post that. So I, I've been doing that. That's the only thing I have really coming out right now. Um, I'm hoping that um, I might try it. I might actually try right in the top saying you got any sets. Um, but at the moment, I don't have anything coming out. But it sounds like it's still it's still fun for you. It's still you know you still like like to do it and like to kind of keep yourself out there. And it's not just it's not just work. No, I I, I like drawing anything. I, I I see different people that draw stuff online, come up with ideas. Like there, I forget the artist, or I don't forget his name. I just don't know how to pronounce it. But he he um. He, he likes to do little sketches on the paint swabs that you get at the uh, Lowe's or Home Depot. So I, I went in there and I just looked at all the names and I started picking different ones. And I started doing that just for fun, just drawing on those. I did like three or four things so far. Um, then I have so many 
blank sketch covers I hadn't even touched because I just like buying them to begin with just in case I want to draw something down the road and I just have way too many. So I just haven't got, and I just haven't had time to get to them all. So um, I have all these ideas of stuff I want to draw and I just haven't. Like I just, I, I've been wanting to draw Nicolas Cage as as (laughs) Superman for that movie for like so long. And I did it a long while back, you know, and I have like seven or 10 uh, blank covers of Superman. Like I got to draw like a better version of this. And I just did that the other day just for fun. So I, I've been doing those a lot. I, in the Halloween thing, I, I, I love horror movies. Um, they're, I just love, I just love the way the characters look. They're kind of like aliens too, where they're like a lot of detail and a lot of like gore and stuff. Um, so I like doing that for Halloween. It's fun to just draw a different comic, a, a different movie every day. And then when you post it on Instagram, the cool thing about doing that is that people see it and they're like, oh, I don't know that movie. Let me go back. Or, or oh, I remember that scene from that movie. That's cool. It 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 drops people's memories and stuff like that. And it makes, makes people kind of see the art and go, oh, that's cool. That's cool. If someone wants to find you, find out more about you or get in contact or... or or connect with you on the socials how do they how do they find you um uh, well there's there's the instagram which is the nigel Weatherbottom, and then on there there's a link to my website which is i i'm gonna screw it up but it's it's like nigel weatherbottom dot wix w-i-x.com slash home because i haven't i haven't gotten the official website but that that link is on there and that has a bunch of stuff you can look at and you could contact me through there too. Um, I have the Facebook, which I think is also under Nigel Weatherbottom, or it actually might be under my full, my real name. I don't remember. I don't <laughs> use it that much to to remember. Um, but I'm sure uh, the link to that I think is probably also on the website. Um, so you could contact me through those. But Instagram is probably the the best best and fastest way to get to me because I'm on there every single day even if I'm not on there for my own stuff I'm just on there looking at other people's art and and photos and checking out sports scores and stuff like that <laughs> all right cool well um I do want to thank you for your time tonight um it was fun to get a chance to talk with you is there anything we missed um I don't think so all right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Once again, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I hope more people discover you. Or I hope you get more work because the uh, the cards are amazing, and uh, maybe one of these days I get a pull uh, a cool sketch card yeah. like what you did. Yeah. So. I, I, even even if I don't get commissions or anything, I, I just like the idea that people are if they get anything from from me in a pack that just post it on Instagram and tag me because I just like seeing it. I just like knowing that, especially when when it's nowhere's near me and it's like a far location that someone's pulling the card i just love seeing people post that kind of stuff right it's just cool cool yeah that that, that's gotta be such a that's gotta be such a rush yeah yeah it's pretty cool i i I, it's kind of it's kind of like when you when i saw my artwork paul pop up in a couple magazines before and when i seen that happen i was like i was like that's cool and it's just cool to see that stuff pop up places I try not to post too much online because I don't. If I do draw something, I don't want anyone to steal it. Because it, I mean, it's easy to steal people's artwork from different things. But, but I love I love when people other people post my stuff and I, I see it out there. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. I hope we see more of your stuff. Yeah, I, I hope I hope uh, I hope I guess I get some more tops um, sets that can come out. 
I I don't think we can I don't think you can keep that uh, that uh, talent of yours under wraps. I think I think you're gonna be tapped uh, again real soon, and uh, I hope we get a chance to see it. Thank Nicholas, you, Nicholas. We will uh, hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to see your stuff, see more of your stuff soon, and I hope people check you out. And once again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for chatting with me. Once again, my thanks to Nicholas Baltra for being on the program tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with him. If you get a chance, check his stuff out. He's a busy guy, but he's got a lot of great stuff on his Instagram page and Facebook page. If you have any feedback for tonight's episode, good, bad, or otherwise, you can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode, or you can DM me on Instagram. You can email me at greg at rebelbasecard.com. You can also leave a comment on the Facebook post for this episode as well. If you are a sketch card artist or a Star Wars artist or a collector and want to talk about your passions or your stuff, you can reach out to me at those same channels. Otherwise, I hope everyone had a great Halloween and a good beginning to November, and we'll talk to you next time. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.